understand what it is to be within the one who holds death yet is also very alive the barking isn't part of the opening reading (laughs) well I we must understand huh well uh, you know it's like James Allison's Britishism maybe yeah, okay. That's what he says. Yeah. Uh, we must, I don't know, we must begin to understand, I think he's okay. saying. Yeah. I will, I'll try. We must begin to understand. Yeah, there's a lot of that in today's text. Try. Yeah, all right. We must begin to understand. We must try to understand what it is to be within the one who holds death, yet is also very alive. I like it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. yeah. Huh? I hope everyone's doing okay, enjoying spring or summer or I don't know what it is. It's uh, dark and gray here and rainy. Yesterday um, was sunny and 90 here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, read, I think I read somewhere that talking about the weather um, might be a good way for people to relearn small talk as we sort of emerge from COVID isolation. So I think it's good to just try that out. How's the weather? Yeah. Yeah, I think that is good. I think we are going to all have to like learn to ease back in. Maybe this is a good instructive time, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah, at this point, uh, turn to your neighbor and ask them, how's the weather? Okay. It's a start. It's, yeah. it's so, a start. <laughs> See, I you know. Speaking of weather, I guess, I don't know, we're going to have an outdoor service we on are. uh June 20th, we're planning our next one. So put that on your calendar. Yeah, June 20th. We think it's going to be uh, it's going to be great to have everybody back together again. It was so nice to see each other on the last, uh, was that Easter? I think it was. It um, was Easter. So yeah, yeah. so we're going to have uh, we're going to have great music and our, our service outside. And uh, then the following month on July 11th, we are going to have service inside welcoming everyone and uh we're calling it like a soft open um and what that really means is there's not gonna we're not gonna have singing we're not sure exactly what communion's gonna look like um so it's kind of gonna be an easing back in yeah and, and um, yeah it's uh yeah, it's not a big opening. <laughs> it's a soft opening. Yeah. And then uh, September 5th will be the big open, the big wide open, where we'll have uh, music, full band, I don't know, singing, probably, maybe, I don't know. Um, but uh, the full communion, and we're going to kind of go back to our regular, uh, our regular, I don't know, uh, community life cycle. We're going to, on September 5th, we're going to be then 
we're going to follow. Wait, you know what? what? We decided not September 5th because that's Labor Day weekend. So yeah, I think, okay. I think it's the Sunday after that. Getting the wrong date does seem like a regular community cycle. <laughs> so I, it's, it's September 12th. September that's, 12th. Uh, you know, we we'll start 12th. to fall off. Yeah. yeah. But so, we will be meeting every Sunday starting July 11th. Yep, every Sunday. Social Sunday. distance, with masks, yeah, you know, barring of, any unforeseen resurgence of the virus, whatever. We're going to plan on starting July 11th. Absolutely. So get prepared to stumble back into normality together. All right. Although This n- is the House of Mercy. And welcome to welcome it. Welcome to it. <laughs> <laughs> Please join me in the prayer of invocation. God of mercy, though it's probably not all that easy to get our attention, we pray that you will keep trying. Enter our lives, enter the hours of our days, and tell us over and over again what it is we should do with all our heart and soul and mind. Abide in us. Amen. May the peace of Christ be with you. I am a pilgrim and a stranger Traveling through this wearisome land I've got a home in that yonder city, good Lord And it's not
I invite you to join me in the prayers of community. I'll end each prayer or petition with God in your mercy, and I invite you to respond. Hear our prayer. God of mercy, help us to know for once or for a minute that we do not breathe or walk or live without you, that you are life and that your life is love. And that is what holds the world together. Teach us to abide in that. Not to give our hearts to things that suck the power from love. Self-aggrandizement or fear or judgment or money. Help us to abide in your love and grow fruit. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of mercy, we pray for fruit that actually feeds the world what it actually needs. Help us tend carefully or generously to what has been given us, not fearfully, not for our own ambition, but so that the world, the least and the weak and the meek and the broken might have something to eat or hope or light or peace. As you are for us, help us to be for others, not just a little or now and then, but mostly and abundantly. We're not always that good at this, nor are our leaders in government and industry, the people with the most power and the most money. Help us all. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God of life, thank you for the life in this community, all the various and wild and beautiful life that has been generated. What fruit, music and art, compassion, writing and food, the mercy. We thank you for everyone who makes up the mercy and for all they create. Help us hold on a little while longer until we can be together again and help us know how to do that be together again after so long. Help us not to be afraid. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. God, in mercy, we pray for those who are sick and for those who love them, who have to deal intimately with things that are scary and sad and painful. Give courage and hope in times of relief and healing when possible to those who are suffering. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray again for those across this country, day after day, who suffer the violence of white supremacy, for the mothers and fathers who suffer their children's violent deaths, and wives and husbands and friends and children who suffer the loss of love to violence. We pray for justice. God, in your mercy, hear our prayer. And hear us now as we cast our fears and hopes and needs to you, as we acknowledge our lack of love, our brokenness, as we pause for these moments of silence.
you totally embrace us. You have promised resurrection for everything that is broken. We thank you. Amen. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. You have already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus has been sitting in the garden with his disciples for a long time. He's washed their feet, they ate the Passover meal, and he has explained to them He's going to be arrested and executed the next day. And it seems like he's realizing this is the last time he's going to be able to be with them as their rabbi. And he's like rushing to tell them everything he can think of before he runs out of time. He's trying to explain in as many different ways as he can um, what is about to happen or what is happening. He wants to tell the nature of God, the meaning of life, everything before the soldiers come for him. So given this context, maybe some of his explanations land better than others. I mean, right after this, Jesus says straight out, this is my commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. That's real clear. That's real straightforward. Uh, before this, he says that I am the way, the truth, and the life. Straightforward. But here, in this extended metaphor, for me, it's muddled. Or it's a mystery, which can kind of be the same thing, but if you embrace the latter... So um, I've kind of didn't realize this, but in my mind, I've had these sort of markers of, of when things will be better. You know, and we do live in a time where you can just say when things will be better, and you don't really have to go and explain all the things that we need to get better from. But I've just been kind of thinking, you know, if 
First, it was if Trump loses the election. That was like this everyday thing, right? And he did. He lost the election and banned from Twitter's mostly pretty much disappeared. We don't have to listen to him. Actually, when I read the paper, I read about all these like good things that are happening uh, instead of like all the new people that whose rights will be limited and all the environmental regulations that are going to be taken away. Well, I don't need to go into that. So one of these markers, Trump defeated, happened. Next thing is when there is a vaccine and we get vaccinated. And that has happened. We have a vaccine. We have several vaccines. And while some people are hesitant to take it, it seems like many, many, many people in the United States, especially are getting vaccine. I've Everybody in my family is vaccinated. I'm fully vaccinated. So, and that does make a difference the way I live my life and I feel about it. And I feel less uh, tense, hesitant to move into social environments. And then the third thing was justice for George Floyd. And that had to be a little bit, that has to be a little bit uh, narrowed down because there does not seem to be complete and full justice. But what sort of symbol indicated that some justice was being done would be a guilty verdict for Derek Chauvin. And that happened. So these things are all happening like we are, life is definitely different than it was six months ago. But on the night of the verdict, I went down to George Floyd Square because I wanted to be a part of that. And this, yeah, this monumentous decision, like uh, no white police officer had ever been uh, found guilty of murdering a black citizen before in the state of Minnesota. So I went down there, and there, while it, there was seemed to be some sort of, it did, it did have an up vibe to it. It was not an out and out like celebration. This wasn't like you know, D Day celebration in, uh, or is it VJ or I don't know. You know where they take the in uh, the end of World War II in New York on the streets, uh, ticker tape parade. It was more, um, well, it was a relief, but also sort of an exhaustion. People were there, people were glad to be together. Everybody was so happy about the verdict, but knowing that in two days there was going to be the funeral. for another black man murdered by the police, knowing that there was so much more to be done. It was a relief, but uh, was not complete. It wasn't complete celebration. 
Jesus is the true vine. I am the true vine. My father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that does not bear fruit, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes and makes it bear more fruit. Okay, I just wanted to start out by trying to understand, like, what actually are the parts of a grapevine? Like, the difference between the vine and the branch, and, uh, well, the fruit. I know about that. So, uh, you know, looking that up, as one does, the parts of a grapevine are the root system, then the trunk, then the cordon, and there's a cane, a spur, a cluster, leaf, fruit. By the way, this is all from uh, the website of Gallo University, you know, Ernest and Julio fame. So I guess the whole thing's the vine. I don't see a branch. I see a cordon, which I think is kind of similar to the branch. And then the cluster is where the fruit is. And uh, I guess in the end, it probably doesn't matter that much. And I might be torturing this metaphor, but I mean, it kind of tortured me first. I mean, when I was a youngin, young evangelical, this to me... The way I read this whole text, what it says, you know, it goes on to say that uh, I will abide in you and you abide in me. And uh, if you bear fruit, uh, then you'll, God will prune you so you'll bear more fruit. But if you don't bear fruit, you'll be cut away and thrown in the fire to be burned. And so I just went immediately to the burn, the hell. And uh, if I didn't bear fruit, but... Uh, Obviously, I'm not there anymore, but I'm just trying to make sense of the metaphor. So, the father is the vine grower. The creator God tends the vine, I guess fertilizes it probably, prunes it, takes off the dead stuff. Great. And then uh, Jesus is the actual vine, and we're, I'm guessing, what we're the branch, and uh, I guess it's the same thing as the cordon here, what the Ernest and Julio Gallo call it. So, as the branch, we abide in the vine, stay in the vine, are connected to the vine, and then fruit is produced or not produce based on that abiding. Jesus says, those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. I guess what this whole metaphor is that if you are not attached to the vine, there's no way you're, you're going to bear fruit because you are not attached to anything that gives life. So just without getting too complicated and just accepting this metaphor, it's just this, if you are attached to that which gives life, you will be more fully alive. You will bear fruit. 
And if you are not connected to that which is alive, that it's, it's not possible. So maybe in some very basic interpretation uh, that doesn't take much thought, just to say, let's make sure we are connected to things that give us life and not be connected to those things which do not give us life. How does a branch uh, choose to abide in the grapevine? How does a branch choose to bear fruit? Obviously, the actor cannot be the branch with the cluster of fruit. It's just an outgrowth of the health of the plant, uh, the work of the vine grower. I mean, who's the instigator? It cannot be the fruit. The fruit is a result of what's done by, I don't know, the, the work of the vine grower. So I guess one, to really torture this metaphor, the result of one bearing fruit or being more fully alive, that has to do with the amount of care and life that is given to us by the Creator. But what if I feel like a dead branch? I mean, I don't want to bear fruit. I don't want to be thrown in the fire. What can I do to be more fully alive? So if you're dead, you're cut off, you're thrown in the fire. Or that part of you, or whatever is dead, is cut off and thrown in the fire. And that which is alive becomes pruned and produces more and more fruit. That's very clear. Let's spend more time with that which gives us life. But here is the mystery in this metaphor. Jesus is telling his disciples all this because he is about to be killed. He is about to be dead. So what we have here is that which is dead becomes alive again. This is a mystery. 
I'm sure Ernest and Julio Gallo would claim that it is an impossibility. That which is dead becomes alive again and brings life to all of us. Right in the middle of all this, when Jesus is trying to explain who's the vine, the branches, how they work, what will bear fruit, what will die and be thrown in the fire, all this, he says a weird thing. He says, you've already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. What does this mean? What is the word that he's spoken to us? Abide in me as I abide in you. Jesus is the one who is dead, but is fully alive. Amen. This is God's table, and all are welcome. On the night he suffered, Jesus took bread and gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to all to eat, saying, Take, eat. This is my body broken for you. Do this and remember me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and gave the cup for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and shed for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this and remember me. Every step I'm growing weaker Every mile that I wander I feel like I'm sinking under a heavy load It's a cold and windy journey And you've never felt so lonely Until you try to drink the honey from a stone as I crawl and I stumble, I can almost see that table. All my friends, bread and wine, flesh and blood. On my knees, I will make it. I'll be too weak to break it. Won't you bring bread and wine to my tongue? She bring bread and wine to my tongue. The strong never falter, and the proud never bother, and the good never wander all alone. But the fools learn their lesson, and the poor find a reason. 
As I crawl and I stumble, I can almost see that table. All my friends, red and white, flesh and blood. On my knees, I will make it. I'll be too weak to break it. Won't you bring red and white to my tongue? I have always been a sinner with my heart full of anger. I have always been a stranger to the light. But the trouble that I've authored and the sorrow that I've suffered brought me to the altar. May the grace of God and the love of Christ and the peace of the Spirit go with you and be with you. Amen.